Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, November 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. $70 billion worth of deals were agreed on Monday, adding to the deal-making boom, while Bill Gross warns that markets are in for a rough ride next year. And the Mexican economy enters a technical recession. Plus, we'll take a look at why London says Uber is not, quote, fit and proper to operate. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Over the past few days, we've reported on some big corporate tie-ups. Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade, LVMH and Tiffany's. Well, on Monday, these deals and a few others were agreed to the tune of more than $70 billion. It's all happened as big multinational companies target a booming U.S. market and look for new ways to grow. Charles Schwab locked down its bid for TD Ameritrade for $26 billion. Jeweler Tiffany agreed to a $16.6 billion offer from LVMH. In a deal worth almost $10 billion, Swiss drug company Novartis acquired biotech group The Medicines Company. And that's just the top three. So why are these deals happening right now? Well, for one thing, fears over a recession are fading. Rating agency S&P Global said on Monday that the probability of a U.S. recession had started to subside. Plus, U.S. and European central banks have been cutting rates over the past few months, which means continued access to cheap debt. It's also propped up stock markets. At one point on Monday, the S&P 500 beat a record high it set a week ago. The index closed up 0.8% on the day. But while stocks might be hot right now, Bill Gross is pouring some cold water on the outlook for 2020. Mr. Gross is the famous investor who built PIMCO into a $2 trillion asset manager. He told the FT that gains in stocks and bonds next year would be much harder to come by, saying that fiscal and monetary stimulus would lose its, quote, oomph. His predictions? U.S. equities would be somewhere between flat and down 10% in 2020. As for bonds, he said the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note would end the year at 1.75%. That's only slightly higher than where it closed last week. Both asset classes have climbed this year. U.S. corporate profit margins have largely held on to gains they made after the 2017 tax cut, and easing from the Federal Reserve gave a big lift to fixed income markets. But Mr. Gross said the stimulus effects of corporate tax reform had fully worked their way through the system. Mexico has officially entered a technical recession. On Monday, revised data from the state statistics office showed the economy contracted in each of the first two quarters of this year. That's in addition to contracting a tenth of a percent in the last quarter of 2018. A recession is defined by two successive quarters in the red. Back in July, Mexico's finance minister insisted that a recession was, quote, very, very far away. The 2% growth Mexico saw last year has been wiped out, and no new growth is expected in 2019. Economists blame a lack of investment for the crunch. Some are holding out hope that things will turn around once the new trade deal with the U.S. and Canada is ratified. In the meantime, the Bank of Mexico will come under more pressure to keep cutting interest rates. Mexico's president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, came into office a year ago, promising average annual growth of 4% over his six-year term. 
And a judge has ruled that U.S. President Donald Trump cannot stop his most senior advisors from testifying to Congress. On Monday, a federal judge said that Mr. Trump's former legal advisor, Don McGahn, should comply with a subpoena to appear in front of members of Congress. This is months after the president stopped him. This ruling was originally issued to force Mr. McGahn to testify about whether Mr. Trump tried to interfere with Robert Mueller's investigation into the 2016 election. But now, Mr. McGahn and others could be forced to testify in the ongoing impeachment inquiry into whether Mr. Trump pressured Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. And here's a story you should know more about. On Monday, London stripped Uber of its operating license. It was the second time Transport for London, the city's regulator, had taken it away. TFL says that more than 14,000 Uber rides were carried out by at least 43 drivers who exploited a loophole in Uber's system. The result was that some drivers were uploading their photos to another driver's account. The FT's Tim Bradshaw explains the history of this bad blood between London and Uber and what it means for the ride-sharing company. Uber's problems in London really started two years ago, back in September 2017, which was just a month after Dara Khosrowshahi was appointed as Uber's new chief executive. Transport for London determined that because of problems that largely occurred under his predecessor, Travis Kalanick, Uber was not a, quote, fit and proper organization to run a ride-hailing service there. And Uber fought and eventually won a court case to overturn that decision. So it got back on the legal footing in June 2018 with a new 15-month permit. That expired in September when Transport for London rather surprisingly granted Uber a two-month license, saying that it was looking for additional information around driver safety before it would give a more permanent license. That license was due to expire at midnight on Monday, but before it got there, Transport for London announced that it would not be granting Uber a new license because of safety failings that it had discovered over the course of the last few months. So so why don't you talk about the issues that it has with Transport for London? It seems like this problem isn't going to go away anytime soon, right? Right. The problem that it has is basically one that it has everywhere in the world, which is driver fraud. And this doesn't necessarily happen at a huge scale in every market, but it is something that is kind of pervasive and ongoing and is a bit of a moving target. The problem that occurred specifically in London was that drivers were exploiting a loophole in the app where they could swap out their photo for a new one without Uber having to kind of vet that or notice. And so this happened over 14,000 trips where different drivers were using Uber's platform. And that meant that the passengers were not insured. And although there were no incidents that we know of yet that occurred in that period, it was something that went on for several months before Uber picked up on it and closed the technical loophole. And it has now said that it's had to close that loophole globally technically and and in some new processes that it's put in. So although we don't know how far it was exploited outside London, it seems like there was potential for that. Tim, London is far from the only city having issues with Uber. Why do cities keep butting heads with them? I think it comes down to the way that transport is regulated around the world. There are certain kinds of tech companies that write a piece of software and it ships out the same to everybody. And so you can have a national regulator take on Facebook over 
fake news or, or something like that. But Uber's business is very localized. Every city in which it operates is slightly different. There are different kinds of services that it operates. So every city has its own regulatory system and every regulator looks at Uber differently. And London has been one of the places where Uber has been held to the greatest scrutiny. It's perhaps not surprising that this is where this blow up has happened, but it could well be that if other regulators see what's happened in London and see the problem with driver fraud, they may also pick up that cause elsewhere. So, Tim, what does this mean for Uber passengers, especially people who are riding in London? Uber passengers can continue to keep using the service as normal if they feel like they can trust it. While Uber appeals, which the last time it went through this legal process took more than six months, the service is allowed to continue operating. And Uber has tried to kind of rally support from its customers by sending out an email to many of them saying, please go out on Twitter and say what a great experience you've had. So there'll certainly be plenty of attempt by Uber to A, prove that they've changed how they're doing business in London, but B, demonstrate that they have customer support and that regulators are crazy to deprive London's residents of this service. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 